this is Chris from the Ticket Stub. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler your Silver Fox advisor and host of the Weekly Business Hour. And thank you for taking the opportunity today to join us. I think we put together a pretty good show for you today, so just sit back and enjoy. And before we get started, I want to recognize our show sponsor, AllegraHR.com. You know, if you don't know, Allegra is a Spanish word, and it stands for or denotes cheerfulness, joyful, and happiness. And for an HR or human resource company, I think that's a pretty interesting name because managing employees, dealing with employees sometimes can be a challenge. So if you have challenges in working with your employees, and many times you don't even know you have a challenge, I would absolutely encourage you to reach out to AllegraHR.com. And that's spelled A-L-E-G-R-E, AllegraHR.com. These folks know how to deal with employees and how to help you build a fantastic, positive workforce, which obviously will help you grow your business. AllegraHR.com. Also want to remind you that we're on Facebook, and I would encourage you and ask you to go to Facebook and like us. The Weekly Business Hour has its own page. While you're there, you can set up an alert so that each week when our podcast is posted of the show, usually on Wednesday following our show on Monday, then you will be alerted. You can take a look at the synopsis, see some of the topics, some of the guests, something interests you, then you can click and listen. But please go to Facebook and like us the Weekly Business Hour page. Well, let me give you a quick rundown on our show today. First of all, we have John Jablonski, who's a CFP, CFS, and has an MBA, and we can keep going, but John, (laughs) let's put it this way, is well-educated. He's part of a business that's been started here in this area, and I think you're going to really enjoy some of his insights in building a business. He'll also join us later on in the Expert Corner, and we're going to talk about wealth management and I think you'll found that as interesting as well. And as always, I'll close the show out with a Silver Fox tip of the week. This week and this month, I'm going to be talking about technology. So the title of my piece this week is, Does Technology Help or Hurt Your Business? So sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about business right here on the weekly business hour. I also want to take this opportunity, if you are not aware, that I am introducing or starting a new business last month. I want to make sure you as our listeners are aware of it. Uh, My business is one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. That's our website and the center of what we're doing. What I'm attempting to do is to take all the experience that I've had over the last 40 plus years, my experience as a Silver Fox advisor and working with clients, mentoring and advising them, and put it to use in a website where you as a small business owner can go and seek out what I call common sense mentoring. So I encourage you, go to that website. There's a lot of good resources there, a newsletter, blog, all kinds of information. And as always, if you've got a question about your business uh, during this show or afterwards, send me an email here at the station. Just send it to Rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. That includes comments about the show guests that you would like to see on the show, anything you want to talk about, I'm always open to receiving your emails. And again, I encourage you, visit one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. Well, we have several business events coming up in this area, and I want to make sure you are aware of them. First of all is the Exchange Club. They've got a program coming back up. It's a reschedule from the uh, ice storm that we had here in the greater Montgomery, greater Houston area. They've rescheduled their program. They've got a great panel discussion entitled Perspectives on Conroe's Growth. Uh, And that's been rescheduled to Friday, February 9th from 3.30 to 4.30. And it's at the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce board meeting. If you don't know, the chamber's located at 505 West Davis Street in downtown Conroe. If you have any questions, just send them to info at ecconroe.org. That's ecconroe.org. Conroe.org. Be a great program to learn about what's happening here in the Conroe and the Montgomery County area. They've got some really great people on that panel, so I encourage you to attend that. The other thing I want to remind you about is, you know, every week we have a program. It's on Tuesdays at 1, the Hispanic Chamber Connection. 
and they interview people, business people from this community, and it's another great place to pick up information about what's going on in business right here in Montgomery County. So I encourage you, tune in, FM 104.5, FM 106.1, or you can go to the website, IRLoneStar.com, and pick up the streaming version, Hispanic Chamber Connection. Always remember there are opportunities right in front of you, so I encourage you, reach out and grab them. The weekly business hours where Montgomery County and businesses throughout the world come to talk about the latest in business news, ideas to improve your business, and to hear from some of our own local business leaders on how they have found success right here in Montgomery County. And a reminder to you, and I alluded to this earlier, there's a podcast of the show. It's posted typically on Wednesdays of each week. It's in a variety of locations. I've already mentioned Facebook. We also have a channel on YouTube, the Weekly Business Hour, that you can subscribe to. So I encourage you, if you miss anything in the show today or you want to go back and re-listen, there's a podcast of The Complete Show posted out there on social media, the Weekly Business Hour. We're now to my favorite part of the show, and that's where we have our business guest or business leader, as I like to talk about them as they come here. As we mentioned last week, we've been on the air for over five years. We've had over 200 business leader guests on the show talking about all kinds of businesses taking place right here in Montgomery County. And I'm so pleased today to have John Jablonski join us. John's a CFP, a CFS, MBA, and a lot of other things, I think. John, welcome to the show. <laughs> I like the lot of other things part. I'm, I'm not sure those need to be mentioned. <laughs> well, my dad used to call it chief cook and bottle washer, which means you did everything that you needed to do to that make sure the business ran right. right. Yeah. But before we move on, I, I've got to ask you, CFP, what does that stand for? Uh, certified Financial Planner. Okay. Um, kind of the equivalent of, say, you go to a tax advisor and they have a CPA, right? Okay. It's, um, you know, basically you have to go through... Um, several courses to demonstrate technical knowledge and then take a pretty rigorous final exam. I think the passing rate is maybe 50% on that. Um, so it's, it's a pretty um, solid credential as far as financial planners go. If you're looking for a financial planner, that might be a good one to look for. Um, the CFS is a certified fund specialist. It just meet uh, uh, technical proficiency in building asset allocations. And the MBA is something I got years ago that just happens to still be there. So, so that's just an extension of your business education. <laughs> yeah. and obviously, you're well-educated. Well, let's start out. Tell <clears throat> us about your firm. I didn't even mention Centurion Wealth Advisors. Uh, tell us about the firm and why did you start the firm? Uh, I had spent uh, 20 years working for a, a big uh, investment company over $150 billion uh, as a regional vice president. Um, and my position was to work with financial planners all throughout Houston and help them with their business, right? I was the sort of technical expert they would bring in to help them accomplish. Maybe it's a, a um, complex case. Maybe they need a, a keynote speaker for a seminar, that kind of thing. Um, and I always knew at some point that um, when I got tired of the, the corporate structure that I would want to start my own firm, uh, which I did. Um, two and a half, three years ago. Um, and then here six months ago, uh, a friend of mine, Champ Miller, who I'd known for years, uh, had approached me and said, hey, you know, we, we come from similar backgrounds. He's a West Point grad. I'm an Air Force Academy graduate. And, you know, we have, you know, similar um, integrity expectations and things like that. And, uh, and it just was a good fit. And we decided to, to combine our businesses and we started Centurion Wealth Advisors here in Conroe. Um, he had been here for 25, 20, 25 years. Um, and uh, we now have our office where his office is there, just around the corner from the courthouse on Phillips Street. Well, how's it been being in your own business? I've got to ask that. I mean, it's a very general question. It's um, generally great. Uh, you know, there's challenges, things you didn't expect. Um, I, I like the idea of being able to make decisions and, and run things the way that I want to run them um, and, and make things that I think are important to clients, important to me too. Um, but, you know, it's you know, running a small business and, and you've, you know, as a uh, expert in that, and I'm sure you've, you've seen everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to, to run into some of those kinds of things. But um, in general, I, I love it. You know, it's being a, being a financial planner, it's kind of equal parts of uh, art and science. Um, you know, the, the science of it is just the technical side, but the art of it is just working with clients and working with people. Because at the end of the day, it's not just dollars, it's actual people behind those dollars. And that's the part I love. Well, you have a partner. You mentioned that, and you and I discussed a little bit before we went on the air. I mean, being in a partnership versus being on your own or whatever. You've been on your own. You're in a partnership. Tell us whatever you can on the air <laughs> about the pros and cons of being in a partnership. It is uh, almost uh, uh, 
for me, it's almost all pros uh, just because I have a good partner. Um, you know, Champ, Champ and I, there's a bit of a, an age gap, um, but uh, which, you know, culturally there's, you know, always going to be, you know, things there. Um, plus, you know, Champ was Army and I was Air Force, so we, we <laughs> conflict in, on, on, on those types of things, especially when they play each other in football. Uh, but uh, for me, it's, it's generally great, which I'm sure you've heard a lot on partnerships, is it, it depends on the partner, right? Um, Champ is a, a great uh, uh, financial advisor, excellent expertise, and uh, one of those professional guys I've known, so it's pretty easy to work with. Um, you know, I, you know, probably, have, you know, you know, bring some some things in in terms of uh, technology and, and and stuff like that which he hasn't had experience on in the past but that's normal right you know we each have our strengths and, and our weaknesses and we try to offset the, set those for each other and it's nice to from a financial planning standpoint to always make sure we're there for the client so now we have two people um if i happen to be here you know with you at, at doing a radio show if one of my clients calls champ's there to answer the phone which is great you know, that, that way I, I, I'm more comfortable leaving the office and knowing that, you know, I, someone I trust is there to answer it. You know, it's funny you should mention that about having a backup, if you will, or someone, mm -hmm. especially of equal or stature. I mean, as far as being able, I, I think that's got to be so important. And I think it becomes this personal observation as an advisor, a mentor, more and more important that when a phone rings, someone is there to talk to people. In certain industries, I think it's almost critical. And I would think your business, wealth management, I think is extra, really important. extra critical. Yeah. Yeah. If, so I, if anything, you know, people, it's rare that someone is calling to, you know, conduct a financial transaction right fine. now, though that does happen. Um, but a lot of times I get the phone call of, you know, they're worried today the market, you know, opened down, right? They're calling and, you know, should I sell everything? And, you know, and, and I think sometimes Champ and I are psychologists as much as we are financial planners, right? So um, just to w walk them through exactly, you know, okay, wh why are you thinking that? Um, here's our expectations about your portfolio and, that might may or may not be the best idea right now. Let's let's talk about options, right? You know, you mentioned one thing uh, that you bring in your partnership strengths and weaknesses, which I think is one of the keys that you kind of mesh with someone. Um, but you mentioned technology. I, I've got to ask you, uh, probably an obvious question to you, but how has technology impacted your business today, and what do you see in the future? I mean, tremendously. I mean, it even in just the the twenty years I've been licensed, it's affected it tremendously. Um, you know, it <laughs> all the way from having cell phones to where, you know, someone can contact you at any moment to being able to just pull a lot of different information from different sources and consolidate that. Um, it, it makes you more streamlined. Um, it makes you less reliant on staffing, right, because it, it, it takes off some of those work hours. Um, for me, from a financial planning standpoint, I think it, it, it helps a lot from the research standpoint because clients rely on us to have an opinion and that opinion has to be based on some sort of research. And to be able to just pull from so many high-quality sources and, and develop your own opinion, pretty important. Yeah, I would think that technology uh, is just got to be such a plus for you guys if you have, of course, always the right technology in serving your client. It's mm -hmm. just got to be really a fantastic tool. It does. It makes you a lot more efficient. Yeah. Yeah, it's very important. Well, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, we're to our first break already. And if you'll please stay with us, John and I are going to come back and talk a little bit more about the business of wealth management. And as he mentioned earlier, operating a small business full of surprises. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281-620-0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1.
You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your Silver Fox advisor and the host of the Weekly Business Hour. And we're here talking with John Jablonski. Uh, John's an owner of Centurior Wealth Advisors. You know, John, we never took the time in the last segment to really talk about wealth management. Could you kind of give us a short version of what wealth management, I mean, that's your business. What What is that business all about? Um, well, a lot of people think it's just like being a stockbroker, right? Which uh, that's, that's a very narrow definition. When we talk about wealth management, we're talking about um, talking with clients, understanding what their goals are, where they want to go, what they're trying to accomplish, what risk tolerances that they have. Are they able to handle ups or downs in the market or are they, you know, a little more conservative? And then we try to develop um, investment goals to match that, right? Um, and then as far as picking the investments and, and designing the plan, that's towards the end of the process, right? After we've gotten to understand where it is you want to go, right? You wouldn't, you know, if you want to go on vacation, it's rare you would jump in your car and start driving and not think about where you want to go, right? Um, I tell people that, you know, picking investments are, are like prescribing drugs, right? You know, a, a drug that might save your life might kill the, that guy walking down the street. So, you know, it's, if people say, well, what's a, you know, do you like this stock? I'm like, well, I don't know anything about you or what you're trying to get, you know, accomplish. So that's, I can't give you a good opinion on that. So um, ultimately, you know, what we view our business as is um, it's about people and it's about understanding them, understanding where they're trying to go and help them get there in the most efficient and effective way possible. Well, it goes back to what you said in our first segment, You're, you and your partner, and I assume other folks in your field are, are psychologists. I mean, you have mm -hmm. to really be able to understand people. Uh, and, and this is some of the most important decisions that individuals, business owners will make as far as what do I do with what I've earned. Yeah, and it's it's a particular challenge with a, with a business owner, too, because... Um, you know, as you know, small businesses tend to reinvest the majority of their cash in the business, right? Um, and we have uh, several, probably more than several small business owners as clients. And, um, you know, there's different layers to the, the challenges that they have from a financial planning process, right? So one of the biggest ones is when you have a small business and maybe it's successful, maybe you're earning a good income off of that business, but you're investing in reinvesting the business because you want to grow and that might be an appropriate solution. But from a risk standpoint, you got to understand is your income, your livelihood is based on that business. And when you make your retirement also based on that business, that's a lot of eggs in one basket, right? And you might want to consider trying to diversify a little bit. Um, business owners tend to need to be very liquid. So you have to you know, keep that an eye on that in terms of they got to tap ready cash when they need it. But from a retirement standpoint, you probably want to have some assets away from the business invested in other ways to maybe diversify you a little bit away from that. Well, I think you're, you're telling me uh, the answer to the next topic, but maybe we can explore it a little bit further. Is what are the real benefits of using a wealth uh, management advisor for an individual business owner? What are, I mean, I, I heard it indirectly. Yeah, uh, it's... You, you handle that psychology and whatnot, but... Share a little bit more it's, if you'd like. Kind of maybe a little bit hard to, hard to quantify, um, you know, and and I'm, I don't like to give like a hard sell on, on why you should use someone like me. But um, ultimately, you know, if we refinished our bathroom recently, right? And could I have gutted my bathroom and laid tile and, you know, and, and painted and, and did everything that I need to do in the plumbing? I might have been, <coughs> excuse me, I might have been able to give a pretty good shot of figuring that out. Um I'm pretty sure that I would have made mistakes along the way that I would have had to tear things out and start over. That would have cost me money. Um, and, you know, it would have been a lot of heartache and, and headaches to try to figure that out and get it done. It probably, the finished product probably would not look as good as professional. Um, and, you know, is my time better, you know, invested in things that actually, you know, drive my life, whether it be professionally or, or personal, than tearing my bathroom apart, right? Same idea for a financial planner is... Um, Having a professional help you through that process, understanding your goals, understanding, um, you, know, <coughs> you know, your your risks and the risks that are, are facing you out there and, and get a handle on your financial house and trying to put that all in order, um, that has value. And that's what we do. Um, and then along the way to be able to track it and have somebody who's not emotionally tied to the money to help you kind of make sort of uh, better decisions about your assets. Uh, there's a, a popular topic in this industry called um, behavioral investing, right? And actually, two gentlemen uh, in Europe in 2002 won the Nobel Prize for economics. Um, yet, these two guys had no degree in economics. They, they had never been to school for economics, but won the Nobel Prize for economics. Um, they were psychologists. And what they found was is that your emotionality is what drives investments, 
right? Because what happens is you see investments start to go up and you go to the, the neighborhood barbecue and Bob next door is telling you about, of, I'm in the tech, this tech fund, it's the techiest of all tech funds. I'm getting 20 and 30 and 60% returns. And you start thinking, man, I'm missing out. I need a piece of that. I'm, I want to, so you get in, right? Market peaks out, starts to come back down. And then you, it, as it does, right? And you start to think, well, I'm getting scared. And then it goes down more. And he said, well, now I'm getting real scared. And that starts to get real down. And then you hit abject terror. And what do you do? You sell, right? So I can't take it. I got to go to cash. It's all, it's all going to, I'm going to want to lose it all. Then the market starts to come back and you say, well, I don't, I don't trust it yet. It comes back a little more. You say, oh, it's, the politics aren't right yet. It goes up a little more. So, okay, now, now I'm watching. I'm not ready to pull the trigger, but I'm really looking at it. And then it gets up high and you say, okay, I'm going to buy. I'm, I'm, I'm in. You buy high and then you sell low and then you buy high and you sell low. And the first day I got in this business, you know, they, they told me you're supposed to buy low and sell high, right? That's how you make money. But you got to understand is all of us are emotionally hardwired to do the exact opposite. We love to buy high and sell low and you'll do it over and over and over again. So if a financial planner knew nothing, if they knew nothing about actual financial planning and taxes and designing your investments and all they did was help you through that process, it'd be worth it. But then if you work with somebody who's technically proficient and can design the right plan, pay maybe less taxes, you know, have better risk-adjusted returns long-term, then you truly can, you know, meet your goals. Well, you make a lot of sense to me in that value proposition of having a professional, to me, like accounting, law. I mean, those are professions that require on the information that's in those areas. But in your being the psychologist, but I've also seen lawyers and accountants, insurance people, who play a little bit of psychology too, because a lot of times in our businesses, we don't know we really need something. It's really important sure. to protect what we have or to protect what we're trying to build. It's a lot more than dollars and cents on the page. There's actually people behind those numbers. Right, very important. Well, let me ask you, let's kind of switch gears and get a little general. Uh, 2018 uh, seems to be good year, economics, tax cuts, a lot of conversation, certain amount of controversy. What do you see as some of the big challenges to small businesses uh, or your business in 2018? Um, well, mine and mine specifically, it's it's a lot about, you know, the regulatory environment. Um, I am very, very highly regulated by the ICC, by FINRA, um, through them, my, the broker dealer that I clear through. Um, even the Department of Labor gets involved at this point, right? Um, and a lot of those policies went through some uh, massive changes here uh, under the last administration that under this one are now being reevaluated and looked at. So a lot of uh, financial, <laughs> financial folks are wondering how it's all going to settle out. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's, you know, we just take care of, of people and, and their clients and you're always going to be okay. Well, and I think that's important year in and year out for any business. Just mm -hmm. take care of your business. And uh, philosophically, I've always believed you can show some profit. It may not be that banner year. Yeah, well, and, you know, and, and we're a pretty successful business, but um, the, the one thing, I can't guarantee a lot about the market, right? But uh, one thing I can guarantee is change, right? Um, life will throw you a curveball, whether it's the regulations, whether it's the current business environment, whether it's a correction of the market or a lifestyle change for you that, that, that changes your goals in some way, there will be changes. And the important part about um, my business is designing plans that are flexible enough to handle that. Makes a lot of sense to me. Well, let's kind of zero in or zoom in, as they say, to Montgomery County. We seem okay. to be doing really well here. Uh, go to Chamber of Commerce events and you hear all kinds of great news about growth, people moving in, uh, reaching a half a million in population. Uh, why do you feel there's a good market potential here for you and your particular, particular um, business? Uh, it's definitely great city for, for, you know, for me, um, on a, on a lot of levels. I mean, obviously the growth in, in Conroe is a big driver. Um, there's a lot of money coming into Conroe. Um, a lot of retirees that need the kind of help and services that we offer. Um, but even more than that, um, you know, Conroe is a very, um, has a very strong sense of community, uh, more so than a, a lot of towns that I've, I've lived in. Um, and, uh, you know, whether I'm part of the Lions Club or the Chamber of Commerce, I, I've never seen a Chamber of Commerce for a city this size that strong and that cohesive, right? Um, things like that, uh, even though they're hard to quantify, uh, can't help but sort of generate and exponentially grow this town. And give a good solid growth. I had to always look for solid growth, and I agree with mm -hmm. you 100% on your, your observations there. Well, we come down really to the final point of our show what does the future hold for you and Centurion going forward? Um, 
just more of what we're doing. Um, you know, we've, <laughs> we've, you know, obviously had a pretty good year in the market last year, but that, that won't always continue. Um, and, you know, we, we just strive to maintain technically proficient in what we do, um, be a good uh, custodian and, and fiduciary of our clients' assets. Um, and, you know, working with the people we like to work with. Um, you know, one, one of the ways that I measure success for us is uh, referrals, right? If, if you're getting referrals from your current clients, then you know you're doing a good job. Um, if, if, especially something as personal as uh, their wealth, right? There, there's few things that you, you know, hold so dear, right, as, as your life savings. Um, if a person is willing to recommend you uh, and, and likes what you've done for them so much that they're willing to recommend you to one of their friends or family, then that's, a good, that's about the best compliment I can get. That sounds good to me. Well, John, I deeply appreciate you taking time to join us today. If folks want to reach out to you with a business question or a wealth management question, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, you can either call us or if you'd just like to check out our website, um, my number is 936-756-1993, um, and our website is www.centurionwa.net, so C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N wa.net. Um, you can read all about us, our bio, and, and the, the, the principles that we hold dear. Um, and if it works out that you need those kinds of services, we'd like to talk to you about it. Well, thank you again, John. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to our bottom of the hour break, and I've got a great surprise for you. John's going to stay with us <laughs> and join us in the expert corner, and we're going to talk about uh, small business, wealth management, and why it's so important to small business owners that we consider wealth management. Please stay, please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR Advisors today at 281-620-0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in Western Swing, Honky Tonk, Zydeco, Texas Blues, Outlaw Country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. This is Rick Schistler, your Silver Fox advisor and host of the Weekly Business Hour, and I appreciate you staying with us. We're here to our expert corner section today, and I'm pleased to say that John Jablonski, who has been our guest just recently, uh, earlier today on our business owner segment, has stayed with us. John's got a lot of expertise, all those initials after your name, I mean, got to have some kind of expertise, but it looks good. It looks good. But we're with Centurion Wealth Management. We're going to be talking a little bit about small business and wealth management, why it's an important issue. But before we get started, uh, John is obligated, uh, according to all the rules and regulations, uh, to have me read this statement so it's clear where he's coming from. Uh, John Jablonski offers securities and investment advisory services through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., which is a member of FINRA and SIPC. And any other products, services, or entities referenced are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. This program is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation of or an offer to buy or sell any specific security. Please consult your financial professional about your particular situation prior to taking any action. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Information provided regarding the stock market or other financial information is obtained from sources believed to be reliable but cannot guarantee the accuracy of this information. This program may contain forward-looking statements and projections. There are no guarantees that these results will be achieved. Indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested in directly. 
Well, now that we've taken care of the regulators, John, let's talk about small business people and why wealth management should be part of what they do. I mean, okay. you and I've talked about it. Uh, we talked a little bit about it in the last segment. I start a small business like I've done, like you've done, and it's about the business. And then we take what money we have, what wealth we have, and we invest it in the business. That mm -hmm. is the natural flow. But as you mentioned in the earlier segment, that has some disadvantages, uh, which I 100% agree with you as far as putting all the eggs in one basket. But from your perspective, why does the small business person owner need the services of a wealth manager? Um, over and above what we already talked about from a diversification standpoint, um, and just the reasons that anybody would need a financial planner. Um, one of the one of the particular challenges for a small business owner is when they get to the point of starting to um, wanting to invest for retirement, um, which retirement plan is right for a small business owner? Because um, there's several, right? Um, do you want a pension plan, what's called a defined benefit plan? Do you want a uh, defined contribution plan like a 401k? Um, do you want a SEP? Do you want a stock option plan? Do you, you know, there's many, many choices here, right? And it, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Are you trying to save mostly for yourself as the business owner, or are you trying to create a benefit for employees to attract better talent? Um, do you want to have flexibility in how much, you know, you uh, are able to put in the plan every year or do you want it to be a set amount? Um, you know, and all of them have certain limits and certain tax benefits and certain penalties, right? Um, so having an expert sort of walk you through that minefield and picking the right plan for what you're trying to accomplish, um, that, that's a definitely a key part of why a small business owner needs a financial planner. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, I get involved with, you know, um, you know the transfer of wealth at the end where, you know, the, the business owner has built a nice practice or built a, a good business and, um, but they're looking to exit at some point and maybe, um, sell the business to a partner, pass it on to family, um, whatever the, the options are. That's definitely a, um, a hairier discussion, right? You know, to do that, uh, you know, with purpose. And that typically ends up being a, a very in-depth conversation between a wealth manager and attorney and a, a tax manager, right? Because um, they all need to sort of be on the same page of wh where you're going and what you're trying to accomplish. No one of them should be making moves without the others knowing about it. Um, so, I mean, I think that those are some good examples of, of why small business owners need that those type of services. Well, let me ask you this question. Um, I'm starting a business just like you did or mm -hmm. I've done. Um, and we're, you know, I'm, I'm very big and all my clients know and people who l listen and read what I write I believe in getting a group of professionals, the lawyer, the accountant, mm -hmm. insurance agent. Um, should I include someone in wealth management to kind of lay out some general things that I need to be not necessarily acting on immediately, but as I build my business to do certain things that get me to the point, like you mentioned, attract better talent or the best talent and mm -hmm. having benefit. Is that something I should really consider up front as I put my plan together? To I think start? I think for the most part, it's a, it's usually a good idea. Um, you know, you, but as far as wealth managers go, um, usually helps to have some wealth to manage, right? And and as you're starting a business, sometimes that's not the case. But um, it's good to sort of have an idea of of maybe who you'd want to work with and how you you know pick the right you know financial advisor. Um, but you know, you at least want to have an idea of who you would use. And then eventually when you get to a certain size, a certain sort of, uh, you know, uh, density of your business, then you start really involving them. You know, one of the things I noticed on your wealth, uh, on your website, excuse me, you have something called a startup survival uh, area and it mentions uh, medical and other things. What's that all about? Um, well, you know, when I sit down with my clients, we, we try to spend a lot of time understanding them and, and, and talk, you know, talking about their goals and talking about their life and, and their risk tolerances and like we talked about earlier, um, the actual picking of the investments is further down the road, right? Um, a lot of times, <laughs> you know, working with a business owner, you're, you, it ends up being a much broader discussion, right? And business owners have unique uh, risks that, that most people don't have. Um, the number one I, off the top of my head would be liquidity. Right, they they need ready access to cash because they're a small business and they need, if their business throws them a curveball, they got to be able to touch some money quick. That's a key part of a financial plan of making sure that that you maintain that kind of liquidity, um, and and always have that in the back of your mind as you're building out um, uh, an asset allocation because 
if an emergency happens and they have to start selling things that they don't want to sell today, that's a problem. And, and we try to build as much of, of protection against that through liquidity as we can. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me. I need to add them to my list of experts <laughs> to talk about before you start your business. Well, let me ask you, uh, maybe kind of drill down to that a little bit. From your perspective, without getting real specific, but what are some of the challenges faced by small business owners in, in the kind of investments? You mentioned liquidity is an issue. What other issues are there that the small business owner typically has to be is faced with? Um, I think, you know, in my experience, small business owners tend to like to make quick decisions, right? They like to, and, and, and that's what, you know, helps you survive as a small business owner. Um, oftentimes when it comes to your financial plan and your long-term retirement assets, quick decisions, you know, aren't necessarily the way to do it, right? That's not to say that, you know, you shouldn't be able to make a decision. You need to, but, you know, you don't want to make emotional and short-term decisions. Um, so coaching a small business owner, uh, you need to have a different set of emotions when we're looking at this. We're, we're trying to, you always have to refer back to the initial discussion about your goals, right? This is the finish line that we're shooting for, and you're, or you're still pointed that direction. Um, you know, should you sell half of your, of your investments and buy Bitcoin right now? You should not do that, right? <laughs> um, I'm joking, of course, but I mean, it'll not, you know, maybe not really, but, um, but the, the idea of, you know, just helping them through that process, uh, that's a particular challenge with usually a small business owner, um, the liquidity, um, and just building out their portfolio so it matches their, their business, right? I mean, like I said earlier is, you know, about the prescription drug uh, analogy. Um, a financial plan for you and a financial plan for someone that works at an oil company will be different, right? Because you have, um, you both want to make money and you both want to grow things and you both want, you know, a, you know, a decent rate of return, but you have completely different goals, a completely different risks, completely different hurdles that you're trying to overcome, and thus that requires a different financial plan. Well, you know, one of the things that, and, and you and I touched, this, touched on this in a, a conversation we'd had previously, I'm a small business guy, and all I do, and particularly if I'm good, I mean, I'm focused on my business mm -hmm. and what it takes to make it grow according to what I want is hopefully of, of the growth and whatnot, and it's not one of those tiger-by-the-tail things. So... Someone, uh, it would seem it'd be helpful if I had a, a third party, so to speak, or a voice saying, well, okay, you got that business now in 5, 10, 20 years. What does that look like? And you mentioned about selling it, but starting to put some funds aside separate from the business. Mm -hmm. I mean, you a voice of reason. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it, it's almost important to have that in it. It is very much so. And like I said, I tend to be as much of a psychologist as I am, you know, financial planner. It's equal parts of art and science, right? The science of it is, you know, what all those letters behind my name are for, right? But the art of it is, you know, having a financial advisor that you trust, that you connect with on a personal level, that you feel like actually listens to you and, and responds to what you're saying. That is available when you need to talk to them, you know, um, not that clients are calling me at one in the morning, but, you know, but during, you know, business hours that I'm there around ready to, to help. Let me ask you now, if, if you finally, scenario-wise, got my attention as a small business owner and say, okay, I, I buy into the idea that I need someone to be a voice or a mentor or mm -hmm. whatever to help me understand better my long-term financial security and whatnot, how should I, as a small business owner, how would you recommend I go about selecting a good wealth manager or someone I could work with? It's Again, it's a very personal choice, right? It's like choosing a doctor. Right. You know, I'm, uh, and, and uh, I'm using that recurring theme of, of art and science, but um, you have to connect to them. They have to feel like they are responsive to you, um, that you can trust them. That's a big one. Integrity is, is a, a key part of, of this relationship. And the science of it is, do they have the technical expertise to do what you need? Right. Um, not that the letters behind my name, you know, prove that, but at least you can say, hey, this guy has, you know, gone through a fairly rigorous, you know, um, uh, educational gauntlet to, to get to this point um, probably has a pretty good work ethic um, and, you know, at least gives me some confidence that, he, you know, he knows what he's doing. Um, but, you know, I mean, you, you want to, you know, someone you feel comfortable with. Well, let me ask you this as kind of a final question today. Uh, and, and you just use your example. I work at an oil company or I'm an employee for someone and then I own my business. When I own my business, uh, I would assume as a wealth manager, you've got to be able to understand my business what I do, and mm -hmm. perhaps my financials, which might be a lot different than just being a wealth manager to an employee, uh, it seems to me to be different. Talk about that a little bit. It, is, it is absolutely different. Um, it, you know, they have different risks, um, you know, and, 
you know, business owners have uh, maybe some more options available to them in terms of choosing a retirement plan and having some some tax options. But um, it's a level of complexity over and above, say, uh, an oil company employee where the, the business owner, um, because of all those options, maybe is more in need of some professional advice, right, from a CPA, from a um, legal expert, and from a wealth advisor. So it's almost like a team approach that you need versus it, it should employee. be. It definitely should be. Those three people should definitely have each other's number, right, um, in case they need to call and say, you know, hey, um, this is what I'm thinking of recommending. How does that impact what you're recommending? Right, and make sure everybody's moving the same direction. Because if all three of those people are moving in different directions and never talk to each other, it doesn't serve the client. Makes a lot of sense. Well, John, I deeply appreciate you doing double duty today. Uh, the Air Force trained you well, so you can <laughs> do double duty. I appreciate it. Again, if people want to reach out to you and talk to you about wealth management or again back on being a business owner, if you give that information to us again. Uh, our number is 936-756-1993, uh, or you can check out our website at uh, centurionwa.net. Well, thank you again, John. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our final break of the day. And when we come back, uh, I'm going to offer my Silver Fox tip of the week. Does technology help or hurt your business? So I think you're going to be surprised. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281 620 0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, a Silver Fox advisor and your host of the Weekly Business Hour. I want to thank you for joining us today. We're in our final segment, and I'm going to get my Silver Fox tip of the week in just a moment. But before I do, I want to remind you again, and some people say I keep reminding, reminding, but I want you to know I have an open door here. I'd love to hear from you. Send me a comment about the show. Uh, send me a topic you'd like to hear about. Send me a question about your own business, and I'll do the best I can to give you some type of reasonable response and hopefully help you adjust your perspective so you can solve your problem. All you need to do is send me an email, rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. Look forward to hearing from you, and I want to thank those who do send me emails. I enjoy getting them, and I will always respond to your email. So please send me an email, rick at IRLoneStar.com. Well, the question I posed this week in my writing, uh, in fact, uh, this entire month, I'm going to be writing and talking about technology and small businesses uh, from a lot of perspectives. But I wanted to start off with a question. Does technology help or hurt your business? Uh, as you know, my philosophy in small businesses, it's very personal. Uh, every business, uh, one of the reasons we own a business and our guest, John Jablonski, who was with us earlier today, he went into business because he says, I like to run things. I want to be in charge. I want to be responsible. And all of us, one way or another, we're in business because we want to be our own boss. And so I think the same thing applies to a lot of issues in small business and technology is one of them. Uh, I wrote a blog and posted it last week. I don't know if you had a chance to, to read it. I pointed out there were five main considerations, in my opinion, you need to consider and try to answer before you introduce new technology into your business. And by the way, I do make one assumption as we talk about this topic, that everybody has some technology in their business, whether it be a computer, uh, but the key to me is they're hooked up to the internet uh, one way or another. And I recognize there are some small businesses, particularly on Main Street, that aren't 
hooked up to the computer and they're still using paper, and that's great. If it works for you and you're getting the type of growth for your business that you are looking for, then I think that's fantastic. But businesses that are trying to grow and expand are hooked up to the internet. They're hooked into technologies. So five considerations. Well, the first one, as I mentioned, the blog is what kind of or what type of business are you in? Because as we know, and we just had a guest who's in the wealth management business, technology is huge for them in their business. They're hooked up to all kinds of technology to get information on clients, to get information on stock and bond prices, equity, all kinds of investments all over the world. So there's a lot of technology. There's manufacturers out there that depend on a lot of technology to make products, which makes their operation more efficient, more effective. So first of all, what type of business? Second thing is, is what is your business or growth plan? In other words, this is the personal part. What do you intend your business to do? What are your plans for your business? If you're on a high growth plan, you want some really good growth over a period of time, then I would suggest that technology needs to be a very important top five issue that you constantly look at as you adjust your plans, as you actually implement your plans, look for technology that can help you. You need to be aggressive. It's very important. And this, of course, ties into your exit plan because your exit plan as part of your planning says, okay, in 5, 10, 20, 30 years, I want my business to be here worth X, right? Who am I going to sell it to, right? And how much do I want out of it? Well, a lot of that can directly drive how much you're willing to invest time, money in technology and to make your business best in class so it's worth more. Thirdly, what are the industry trends? What's going on in your business, in your industry? This is where the competitors come into play. What are they doing with technology? And I think that's a critical issue that you really need to look at it. Now, frankly, a lot of us in small business, we're not very good at analyzing and evaluating what our competitors are doing. I just go back to marketing, which is so important in building a business. And a lot of times we have trouble figuring out how to answer the question about what's going on in the marketplace. Well, the same thing probably applies here to a lot of businesses. It's hard to determine what they're doing. But in this case, you're fortunate because the world is inundated with products, with vendors. People want to talk about it. You can go on the Internet. You can Google you can find out all kinds of information. And I think an example of that that I offered in my blog was the store ordering kiosk that I bumped into personally at McDonald's, where there obviously was an effort in that store. It's a McDonald's that I drop into from time to time to have a cup of coffee and check on the Wall Street Journal. Uh, they had kiosks, and they're there. And they're there to replace employees or to take up that part of the business. Because I'll tell you, when I walked to the counter, I had to wait a little bit longer because they weren't focused as much on the counter because they had the kiosk. And yes, there were people using the kiosk. The fourth and fifth considerations, which I didn't talk about in the blog, but I promised to talk about today. And I'm going to do that real quickly for you. The fourth one, I believe, is your employees. What is the potential these employees you have? What is their capacity to learn and take advantage of new technology? I think this is something that a lot of people overlook. I think I did it, I know I did it once in my career. You've got to have a workforce that can take on the technology and successfully learn and implement it. You might have to consider a new workforce or some key people, or you might have to consider some ex extensive training. These are cost. These take time for implementation and stretch it out. But it's important to look at your employees and look at what you feel they can do with the new technology that you're talking about implementing. And last but not least, the thing that drives of small businesses either directly or indirectly, and that's capital. We all know that one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, small businesses fail in the first five years, particularly in the first year, is a lack of capital. But what I'm really talking about here perhaps is a little bit different. It's what or how much you can afford to spend. And in order to answer that question, I think you've got to be able to figure out your return on investment. You've got to look at what the technology will bring to you, and you may need some outside help. Your accountant particularly should be able to help you. That's why we have those professionals to analyze. You're going to invest X in buying the product, the training and all this, and what's it going to do? How long is it going to take to pay itself back? Another thing is your borrowing capacity. What's your capacity to borrow funds to buy the technology? And thirdly, the payback. 
what does that return on investment mean to your overall business? And plugging it back in to your business plan, what does the payback, that capital investment will have a return on investment, but what does it mean to your overall business? Will it give you a potential to grow 20, 30% by a certain investment? I mean, what is it going to mean? What does that mean to your current plant or your current store, your current facility? You've got a lot of things that you need to consider, but the most important thing is technology's here. It's happening. It's at McDonald's. They've replaced human beings, if you will, with technology. Still have some there. They still have to give me the salt, but I place my order at a kiosk. It's a very interesting place to start to think about technology and your business. So visit a McDonald's and give it some consideration. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you, put a note on your calendar for next Monday to join us right here on IR Lone Star, FM 104.5 and FM 106.1 at 11 a.m. for the weekly business hour. And also remember, you too, like AllegraHR.com, you too can sponsor the weekly business hour. All you need to do is drop me an email, rick at IRLoneStar.com, and I'll send you details. A great way to put your business out in front of the public, particularly here in the Montgomery County area. Don't forget, podcast will be out on Wednesday of this week. Look forward at Facebook, YouTube, and other social media sites. And thank you again for joining us. And remember to stay in touch with what's happening here in Montgomery County, right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.